I want us to continue in focusing in on what it is to really be fully known and what it is to be fully loved. You know, there's something uh, terrifying about being fully known. How many of you are glad the people in this room don't know all your business? Can I just say <clears throat> something terrifying about being fully known? But God does know all your business. And there's something fascinating about being fully loved. And he who knows us the best loves us the most. And I just want that to, to settle in today. I'm kind of uh, in a new season of ministry and life in general. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've been so, um, all of my life and all of ministry, I've just been so quick to kind of, you know, let's get there, let's get there, let's get there. And I'm kind of learning the value of uh, pausing just to kind of catch the spirit of what God's already doing in the room as opposed to just jumping in and doing what I feel like I'm supposed to do. So you may hear me have this language for a while. You've been hearing me for a few weeks talking this, but, um, but I'm just sorting through it myself. And as an extrovert, uh, we tend to think about things by talking about them. If you're an introvert in the room, you'd be reflecting on it more than talking about it. But I'm just talking it out. I just want God to have his way. There are some situations in this room that God is unlocking uh, today, today, that need to be absolutely unlocked. And so, Lord, we just ask that you'd have your way. And, uh, Lord, we know there are a lot of people gathering, trying to do church the best they can. And really, it's not about any of that. It's just about coming under the banner of your love, resting in your anointing, for it is your anointing that has the power to destroy every yoke of bondage. So singing without anointing, preaching without anointing, serving without anointing really just leaves us in want. But I thank you, Lord, that today you're in the room. We make room for you in this place. We make room for you in our hearts and our minds and our ways of thinking. In Jesus' mighty name, have your way. Lord, speak to us today. Let us know that we've truly encountered our God as a result of our gathering, as we honor you and honor your word and forsake not the assembling, but we gather together as believers who long for more. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. There's great power in God's word. Great power in God's word. Um, I may be a little out of practice, and I know we're having some light demons, but uh, if you could bring the house lights up just a little more, can you do that for me? They're just, thank you. There are just too many good-looking people sitting in this room for me not to be able to see your handsome and your beautiful faces. So I'm, you can see on your cards, we're focusing in on this particular portion of Scripture for this season of time. Um, as a person who God's called to communicate in the body of Christ, I, I want to exercise that gift of a teaching, preaching, speaking of the Word, but I want to make sure I'm always engaging with full understanding and true faith that the power doesn't come in my ability to bring the scriptures to life. The power actually comes from the scriptures themselves. And so I'm taking a little bit of a different approach and maybe changing the next season, but you'll see uh, for the last season we were in and now this season, we're coming back to the same portion of scripture over and over for weeks at a time. And we're doing that because I believe we need to go deeper into the layers of what God's chosen to reveal as opposed to kind of what Tracy was saying, chasing the new shiny message here and there. Uh, you know, I'm really not chasing new shiny revelation. Uh, I just want God to really 
deep in our lives. And so I want us to read through these verses of Scripture in 1 John 3. And it's a beautiful portion of Scripture. When I first introduced it a couple of weeks ago, I shared, we all know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. We, it's a great portion of Scripture. But then you go further back in the Bible and you'll find 1 John and uh, really resembling verse of Scripture. 1 John 3.16 um, speaks of how Jesus gave, but then that commissions us to live, love, serve, and give just like he did for us. So let's pick up there at 1 John three sixteen, and I, I go through all that so that you have a memory uh, mark. You'll be able to think about that particular verse and go back to it. We know, verse 16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave his life for us. Can you just in your own heart just give thanks before we even go on beyond that? Lord, thank you that you gave your life for us. So... We also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? How many of you know God might call you to give somebody the shirt off your back in a moment in time, uh, and that happened today? I was in here for our morning run-through, and I had this little designer off-white shirt on, and it, it looks really nice when you're up front, but Jason Baffrey came out of the back, and he walked up to me, and he goes, I don't mean to be offensive, but you look like you've just like, been working in the garage in that T-shirt on the screen. It's you know, bleeding out, and it just looks like a ratty shirt. Uh, he was very offensive to me, but I've chosen to let that offense go, to forgive him so that I can move ahead with life. But then I began scouting you all out, thinking, okay, who's about my size? Um, you know, I went, I, I found, you know, one guy, one of the security guys, you know, he's out there, and, and I said, hey, could I borrow your jacket? I put his jacket on, I look like a little kid. I said, yeah, that won't work. Uh, you know, just different people. And I, and I saw outside the window, there was Wade Moore walking across the parking lot. And I thought, you know, Wade and I are about the same size. And so I am gonna sweat through his shirt today, <laughs> all the way through. I caught him, and I just want to say thank you for giving me the shirt off your back, Wade. <laughs> May God supernaturally tighten up the pores in my armpits so that there will not. <laughs> uh, I probably need help. <clears throat> If someone needs the shirt off your back, you don't need to say anything, Dad. Just be quiet back there. Security. If someone is in need, you who are blessed, bless them. If we see someone in need and we show no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Verse 18, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God, even if we feel guilty, even if we say the word. I just want to reiterate something as we look at this particular text, this part of this text, your feelings really matter. Your feelings set the tone for your reality to exist. So important that you understand. If we feel guilty, 
God is greater than our feelings. How many of you have ever made mistakes? How many of you know the mistake didn't have the power to keep you down, but the way you felt about this mistake gave the mistake power in your life if you did allow guilt to take control of your life? God, however, is greater than our feelings. And He knows everything. He knows everything. He knows everything. There's nothing about you He does not know. This is the message that I want to bring today. You are fully known by God. Very clearly, God knows everything. Dear friends, here it is again. If we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. He, uh, these are put together on purpose. He knows everything. If we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. He knows everything, but if you can get past the way you feel about your mistakes, you'll rise up in a greater strength and boldness to be able to do what God's called you to do, and that is more than conquer every enemy that is trying to wrestle you down. Verse 22, we'll get to these verses in weeks ahead, and we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them, And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. God knows everything. And if we don't feel guilty, we can come to him with confidence. God knows everything. And if we don't feel guilty, we can come to him with confidence. What that means is God knows everything we're fully known And reminding ourselves we're fully loved gives us an amazing measure of confidence to come into his wonderful presence. God knows everything. Everything. There are no secrets in your life. It's kind of scary to think about. There are no secrets. You might think that you have done well at hiding secrets, but I want you to know there are no secrets in your life. You perhaps have succeeded for your entire life at hiding specific secrets from everyone in your proximity. (laughs) But they still are not truly secret. We can look each other in the eye and we can reveal what we want to reveal while we are hiding what we want to hide and what you reveal and what you hide will shape that relationship because there is something deeper always going on in your life. What we reveal and what we hide will shape the relationship. You ever had somebody, you say, they just get me. They just get me. They just understand me. What what you're saying is they understand something of a deeper mechanism in my life. And you know what? The more I reveal what's going on in my life, the more a person's going to understand the basis from which I am coming. I will guarantee you the, the experiences you have had over the course of your life shape the passion you possess in the day you live today, good and bad. What you've let in 
What you've let in becomes a source of of furnishing in your life, and it positions and postures you to think a certain way, and and the way you think determines what you're going to do and and what you're going to love even more significantly. You know, I say it often, but we we do believe what we believe, and, and we understand that what we believe affects how we behave, but it's deeper than that because we're better at believing than we are at behaving, and the reason that we're better at behaving at least me. Anybody here, you're better at believing than you are at behaving. Just point to somebody who's better at believing than they are behaving. Just go ahead. And so you understand the reason we're better at believing, yep, I believe that than we are at behaving. Man, I have a hard time doing what I know I should. It's not just because we believe what we believe, but because we love what we love more than we believe what we believe. And God has to deal with something deeper in our heart to get us to the place where we're really fixed and unbroken. There's something driving you today that you might not even realize is actually at the wheel beneath the obvious. And I believe God wants to address that. With God, there is no mask. When you relate to God, you're utterly laid bare and completely known. Your spouse's knowledge of you, your best friend's knowledge of you, whoever knows you the best, it's nothing compared to how much God truly knows you. Write it in if you would, your first blank. Motives are the secrets behind our actions. Why we do what we do is even difficult for us to understand sometimes. Has anybody read that famous Romans chapter seven chapter where Paul actually makes a statement like, this is Paul, the author of the majority of the New Testament, these New Testament letters written by this man who's sending this letter to the Roman church, and he says, man, the things I want to do, I have a hard time doing, and the things I don't want to do, I keep finding myself doing them. I, I, I find a lot of comfort in that, personally. But what he's actually communicating is, I believe it, I have a hard time behaving it, because there's something deeper going on in my life than just what I understand in my brain. You may have convinced yourself that you are working 60, 70, 80 hours a week because you love your job, when the fact is you may very well have a deeper issue going on in your life that you're afraid of failure or you are feeling like you just never measured up in life. So you're striving to accomplish something that your job is never going to allow you to accomplish and it leaves a vacuum in your life. And I want to just say it is important for us to understand that's a want. We're constantly in a state of want. We're constantly wanting more. We're constantly wanting to be fulfilled. And I just, I want us to declare it out loud. You know where I'm going. If you were here a few weeks ago, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let's declare it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you want to take care of the want that exists in your life, then come to know who God truly is. Otherwise, you're going to be chasing jobs, drugs, sex, power, all kinds of things, chasing, chasing, striving, pursuing, and never finding fulfillment. Visible actions are coming from deeper motives. John 12 says this, Mary took expensive perfume. 
She poured it on Jesus' feet, and she wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas, surprise everybody, Judas objected. He said this in verse 5, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth a year's wages. This compassionate Judas, this care about the poor, Judas, this selfless man, Judas. He's always thinking of others. Said no one ever who ever read their Bible. Verse six, Judas didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Because he was the keeper of the money bag and he used to steal money from the bag that he was put in charge to keep. Now how many of you know Judas was fully known and fully loved? I wanna take you on a journey to see this maybe from a perspective you've not seen it before, but I want you to understand Jesus knew some stuff. Like, Jesus knew some stuff. He, he had this incredible ability for God to reveal things, and he was fully aware. How many of you know that if you had been walking next to Jesus and you walked up to him, you would know he would discern you before you ever opened your mouth? I mean, he knew everything about everybody he seemed to talk to. He even knew, listen, Peter, I want you to go fishing, and you're going to catch a fish, and in the fish's mouth, open the mouth, and you'll find the, the money to pay the taxes. Do, do that. He, he said, you know, I want you to go, and, and I mean, it was just constantly knowing all this. How many of you know Jesus knew Judas had a money problem? Does anybody in this room think Jesus, Judas was pulling this over on Jesus? I don't think so. Jesus knew Judas had a money problem. So if Jesus knew Judas had a money problem, why did he make Judas the keeper of the money bag? I believe Jesus was giving Judas the opportunity to admit he had a problem so he could learn to be free. See, God knows what's really going on in your life. He knows what's really going on. Don't, don't you let the external fool you. I have learned this. The most aggressive, even obnoxious people who are so forward usually are the deepest insecure people you'll ever meet in your life. They're trying to cover up all of the, uh, of the brokenness with this expression that keeps you from touching that which is broken. I've learned that people present and paint pictures and try and give you the portrait of who they are and rarely is it accurate. And when you really get down to it, you learn something about the mechanism that exists deep beneath the obvious, deep within their soul. Just because somebody is smiling at you I mean, you know, that doesn't mean the joy of the Lord is their strength. Do you realize there are some people with happy bone structure? Have you ever met those people? Just happy bone structure. It's like, we, we call it RBF, 
resting blessed face. You ever heard that before? This happy bone structure just constantly smiling. You know, just when you're looking around and you got, it's just like the normal, natural resting face that exists. It's just this blessed, smiling face. I want you to understand you are so complex with so many layers, emotionally, intellectually, and even chemically, there are these complexities that exist deep within you that you do not know you the way God knows you, and the only way to truly have self-knowledge is to come to Jesus who helps you know and see what he already knew and saw before you ever came to the realization of what's really going on deep within your soul. I promise you, Judas did not know the depth of the money problem that existed in his life. I promise you, Judas did not know the depth of the money problem that was going on in his life. I promise you, whatever your struggle is, you do not know the depth of the root structure and how far down deep in your soul it goes. But he's a God that calls us to confess what he reveals so he can reach deeper than we understand and pull that thing out by the root to let some people get set free. I believe God wants us to experience and embrace freedom. Somebody shout. This is about freedom. hitting way too close to home. Several of us in this room have been working through some situations even this past week with some people that have been struggling. And even this morning before church, I was navigating through some of this, trying to talk someone through. There's something deeper going on. He's a God who reaches deep beyond our capacity and our ability to understand when we're willing to let him in. He didn't love you back. He loved you first. And your response determined his reach. Once you responded to his love, he reached in your life. Aren't you glad he reached in your life? This is the way you continue to walk with God. You continue to respond what he reveals, and it allows him then to have a reach deep within your life. But you need to understand something. Once God reveals something to you, then you must confess what he's chosen to reveal if you're ever going to get free. Come on, let's just pray a little bit. I, I just believe God's wanting to do a, just a very personal, personal, deep work in our individual lives. And so, Lord, let us just begin to see a little bit of what you're seeing. We're fully known. You know us better than we know us. We are fully known by God. And I just ask you, Holy Spirit, let there just be amazing living waters begin to come alive within our spirit.
Lord, for the things that we've allowed to congest the flow, I pray that you'd help us to see those things and expose those things so that they can be removed from our lives and there can be an unlocking and a releasing of what you're desiring to bring. The world thirsts for what we carry. May we carry it in a way that it overflows from our lives because we've not allowed ourselves to be hijacked by the desires that are deep within us, confusing us in so many ways. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, right now. You're just speaking to us about the things, Lord, that you want to address. Thank you, Lord. See, this is the way it happens. God slowly walks us through the process of learning our deepest, darkest secrets that exist within our souls. And I want you to understand, he does it in a way that reminds us that God knows everything, verse 21, assures us we don't have to feel guilty, verse 22, and empowers us to come boldly into his presence. Reminds us that he knows, assures us that we're good, and empowers us to go further. That's the kind of God we're talking about. He is so gracious and so loving. 